Welcome everyone back to Weekend at Berkman's, a show about everything and nothing. I'm here with the old man, Mark Snyder. Howdy, howdy. And the bourbon hunter, Stephen Haddix. Hello, folks. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to another uh, delicious week here on the pod. Um, not particularly eventful for for me or my uh <clears throat> fellow uh, co-host here but uh, i will tell you it's getting down to brass tacks for the kids mm. uh, going back to we're right back there <laughs> heading back to school and uh i remember i do remember in houston that seemed to be quite a big deal um primarily for the traffic remember people mm. saying oh yeah when when school starts up again you're gonna get behind the uh the buses and uh, everyone else trying to race to get their kids to school on time. Uh, I haven't, I haven't really noticed it here. Thankfully, I guess the route that I take uh, not really impacted by the school traffic, but um, down there in Houston, I, re- I remember that was something you, you know, you had to account maybe an extra five or 10 minutes for in the morning, just depending on when you get into work. Um, but uh, you know, I, uh, I've got, few nephews here nearby and um seems like the kids don't enjoy school much these days <laughs> um they had a short week going back a couple of them went back on thursday looked like they looked like they already uh felt like death and um <laughs> not looking forward to to the homework they had this weekend and the uh the semesters ahead so um i think it's you know it's quite a gauntlet freshman year you know a little bit of a change up sophomore year get into some ap courses junior year start trying to get yourself ready for for college application and uh the senior looks like he's pretty relaxed i i think uh, i think he's gonna have it on easy street this year but the uh three grades before that quite uh quite the gauntlet these days but you know maybe we can add a little bit of levity to the situation do you all have like uh you know, favorite memory or something, you know, you remember when you were, when you were a kid and you were getting ready to start school or, you know, elementary school when things were a little bit simpler, either one of you have a, have a good memory of, of school growing up. Yeah, I'll start it off, Mike. Um, I, I think for me, I always do think back to that first week, you're trying to get settled in, get to know your teachers a little bit, you know, which ones are going to be the, the lenient ones, which ones will be the strict ones. Uh, trying to figure out if you can be the teacher's pet, right? Again, that was always my kind of goal, just some buttering it up and always be the you? one. And it, it worked all throughout grade school. Trust me, like when I was the one that I had teachers, when they would leave the room, whether it be go use the bathroom or go ahead to deal with the student for some reason, it was always like, hey, Steven, you know, take control of the class. It was like, hey, Keep us in line. Like, I was always the one, believe it or not, guys, I was always the one that's the real large child. Well, I was always like the tall one, the tallest kids all throughout, like small facial hair. I mean, maybe not the most (laughs) facial hair, um, but it at least was like I had my stuff together, I had some physical presence, and then I was like, well thought of, right? So, kind of like the perfect trifecta. And, uh, and I'm probably missing other, other, you know, uh, very special things that you could rattle off about myself, but I was always that one. So I always kind of had the teacher's pet, always had the, 
you know, the longest, uh, you know, string, you know, longest rope before, before that snapped. Um, I'm probably missing the ver- verbiage there. Not coming yeah, but anyway, yeah. first week back in school was always a lot of fun, especially like so getting to know the teachers, figuring out which friends are going to be in your class, where you're going to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, always just stressful going to grade, kind of what's it going to be like. Um, and then, of course, my favorite was getting back into sports, uh, you know, coming back. It was either starting football season uh, and then, of course, rounding out the fall was heading into basketball. So ready to be with teammates again and all that. So, yeah, I, I miss it. There are a lot of great things. I always thought in, in uh, grade school, I was always ready to, to get off to college. And then I look back, I'm like, man, why was I in such a rush? Yeah. It was uh, great mm-hmm. and uh, should have milked it. I Even more not, than I did. I had, did not have you pegged for the teacher's pet. Oh, yeah. That was a, a chance. No. Oh, yes. Yeah, my mom tells stories that um, whenever she would go to the parent-teacher uh, night, whatever it was, that the teachers always just brag on me, saying, oh, thanks, Dean, this, whatever. And could tell, like, biggest teacher's pet and, and – uh, yeah, even got like notes sent home of how great I was, all this sort of stuff. So yeah, it was uh, it's a whole deal. So pretty much was a uh, was a favorite of the Plano ISD growing up. No big deal. <laughs> oh man, what about you, Mark? You you were the one I would have p- picked for the teacher's pet. I mean, listen, I was a good kid. I mean, I wasn't necessarily a teacher's pet, but I I definitely did. Uh, I was an aide you know, to the PE teacher, which got us out of one of the periods in elementary school. So mm. as a sixth grader, you got to do something to help out with the younger kids, even though like in sixth grade, what are you like, 10, 11, kind of funny, but whatever. Um, but going back to school, I, I kind of segment this into two two eras, the sixth grade and under era, and then everything else. To me, going back elementary school was all about the school supplies. I remember it always being a big deal having to go get the latest and greatest trapper keeper or the, uh, oh, the man. oh yeah. You got to come back with your, your supply games got to be on point. Um, I think at some point in time, maybe after I, I was long gone, they started to be like, you can spend a hundred bucks and you get a pre-assembled kit, you know, at some of these kind of like, that's, that is crap. I mean, that's these kids the don't things. have, yeah, like part of the deal is going to the store and buying your stuff ahead of time. So I remember that. And then after sixth grade, I'm going to say seventh grade, some of us, that's junior high. Um, it was all about the locker preparation. Uh, you had to have a good locker organizational, you know, setup. Uh, because, again, back in my day, we had lockers, none of this clear backpack crap. Because, again, the most crazy kid at school was probably smoking a sig or a doobie out back not necessarily doing something stupid you know storing something dumb in his locker um so you know like locker game was important um i remember always being excited about getting that set up um i don't know school supplies and lockers i don't know why that stands out to me but again i might have gone to school a little while ago from you guys um Anyway, that, that's my thing. I, I was not necessarily a teacher's pet, but I was also a good kid. So, I mean, you know, man, I'm still having to internalize the fact that Steven was the teacher pet here. Yeah. No, better believe it. Hey, quick question, though. So students now or some schools have to use 
clear backpacks? Is that a thing? Oh, that's been a thing for a while, yeah, because they want to know what you really? got in your backpack. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Didn't realize yeah. that. Huh. Oh, yeah. One bad apple causes you to have to. No hiding anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't have mm-hmm. anything in there that you don't nope. want to show the entire yeah. school. Pretty much. Better not soil your underwear anymore. That goes right <laughs> in the trash. Okay, welcome to Mark's fourth and fifth grade, potentially up all the it way was to uh, grade school. With the sharks and the jets and Johnny smoking cigarettes out back in the 65 Chevrolet. <laughs> you guys don't remember that? Come on. Don't it? All right. Yeah, no, I don't remember sharding no, my pants. I don't. No, no. I mean, maybe Mr. Thing. Riley, but <laughs> no, I'm saying know. you can't hide anything in there. I'm just saying so if oh. you're one of these younger whippersnappers, you can't hide, you know, anything in there. So don't be, you know. Anyway, Mike, mm. what about you? <laughs> uh yeah, I I was all about the the uh the merch and the, oh, the yeah. pre-purchasing. It was always a chance to refresh your backpack you know make sure you get the right compartments for what you need maybe maybe you know t- step out take a chance with a leather backpack or something Ooh, in a given year leather uh <laughs> that says something yeah. else yeah the trapper keeper i i had forgot about uh, i always remember trying to come up with college rule versus wide rule that was a thing i don't remember if kids there i don't know if kids have to write now anymore uh, if you need to worry about that with your paper, the thing that I loved was the crayon box. Oh. You, you know where you had it was like, do you get the the thirty two or the sixty four, the one twenty eight or the two fifty six, mm-hmm. and you had the little uh, sharpener on the backside, and you had you know you had twelve shades of tan. Like I just, oh yeah, you know the simpler. Stephen shaking his head at me. It's, I'm laughing. I just can't. uh, I would love to see little Mike with a box of 256 Crayolas. Oh man, what I'd give! Oh yeah, with the uh, with the slick back hair and the Harry Harry Porter glasses before they were before they were popular. A couple other things I remember that were that were fun about school. You know, before the internet and social media ruined everything. convocations we had we had those I, did you guys call your big assemblies convocations when they used to bring in the snakes and the you know the motivational speakers and the magicians in the we called uh, those pep rallies hall. pep rallies uh, okay convocation uh, i don't remember the word but it wasn't convocation i don't know no. that sounds a little like catholic grade school to me or something no that was that was north grove elementary um <laughs> i also remember you get sent in with money where you oh, go to yeah. the fair and you, you know, you buy you'd be like the holiday fair. The and books. You, oh yeah. <laughs> you, you, oh, well, I was going to get to the books and book oh. it and pizza hut and buying books and, and all that good stuff. But yeah, I remember you, you'd go in and you, you'd buy things for the entire family on, on 20 bucks or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yes. Dad get the number one, number one dad screwdriver set or whatever. <laughs> But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was ah, it, it was always fun. Yeah. I, I oh, don't okay. remember being too stressed about school. I, we did standardized tests, did those those weeks where we had to do that. That was always a little bit stressful. But the rest of it, I mean, aside from, you know, maybe having to run the mile or whatever, mm. <laughs> uh, not not too stressful coming up until uh, until I hit middle school. Mm. 
Good times. Uh, and then uh, I wanted to hit on one thing. So, Mark, I uh, apparently you were lacking for something to do or watch and decided to stumble upon Stranger Things. I don't know if you thought maybe that was like in the Star Wars universe and you're like, I'll get a little <sighs> bit extra robots in the sand. But what what was the deal there? What did you uh, how'd you stumble upon that? And what do you think okay. of the show? Listen, let me give you a little backstory. Um, first of all. I married way up. Let me start there. My wife, most amazing human being um, on earth, a present company, pseudo included, excluded. You know, you guys are awesome. Um, let me just put it this way. Over the course of our 25-ish years together, she's not so great at picking uh, stuff to watch on television or the the movies um so i need to i need to prepare i need to preface that and so any given weekend we generally on friday or saturday will want to we, we will try to watch a show or a couple shows or something new and uh for whatever reason um this week we stumbled on um Stranger Things. I don't know how. I don't know why. I know this is a phenomenon that many uh, other people. Steven's have. a resident expert. Okay. Yes, he is. So I even texted you guys, and I'm like, "Hey, have you guys heard of this show?" Um, and and you both said yes. And I think like we watched the first episode, and I'm like, "This is not normal TV <laughs> um, at all." Like the kid was abducted by something, but they're playing a game. And then there's some kid that comes into a burger shop. And then the dude that runs the burger shop gets killed because they're looking for this kid. I'm like, what the F? And then the mom of this kid goes and like, and it, like it is so strange. Like it's literally strange. Like who comes up with this stuff? Like you guys have to remember. I like King of Queens. I like Seinfeld. I like everybody loves Raymond. You know, I like guys. I like the food channel. And my wife's like, hey, you want to watch Stranger Things? I'm like, what the heck is this? And so I was texting you guys. I was like, hey, what happens to this poor kid? Like, uh, actually, the question I, was, I asked is like, does this resolve in one episode? Because I just do not like this series mumbo jumbo. Like we've you watched, watched 24 yeah, so we we started twenty four, and it's like we haven't finished because I, I just like I want it to be over, like finish in an hour, and be done. Instead, it's like it's oh. it's still going. So like the non serialized, like the science. I just like, can't do it. I, I just don't want to yeah. commit. I don't want to commit. I don't want to commit. It's just too much commitment. So that's why I'm well, like, okay. So we started watching. I think we made it through like. This first season, I, I made her look like there's eight episodes, maybe. I, I could be mm -hmm. off by a couple. I think we made it to episode four, and I'm like, I just can't do it. So I don't even know if Johnny or whatever his name is found or dead or eaten by aliens or if that girl is good or bad. I, I don't know. I got nothing. It was so strange. Like, I don't know how y'all watch that. <clears throat> well, it's almost like they named it right. No, so it, yeah, you, it's great, Mark. I, I, I wanted to go back. I was like, honey. a full chance. Oh, okay. I feel like we should probably watch it to the end. That's probably... Yeah, yeah. If you're halfway through, no quits okay. now. All right. 
just so many like it's it's like born identity meets like Whoa, star born wars identity. meets like interstellar meets the kids tra- like lights are going off showing like the, she's spelling stuff and like she's got to run when the lights are going like how'd she know to turn the lights on and off like it's like know. it's like a Sandlot meets sci-fi slash. Yes, I do like the kids. The kids are good. The kids are fun. I I enjoy. Do you love it? Do you love it, Stephen? Here's my. I don't. I need to know about this. I don't love the show. It's definitely not like a show that's in my top three. I'm not even sure. I I can name off a few that I think are my top three, but Mm. it's a top ten show for me. It's great. It's addicting. It's. I think the kids are are cute they're funny it gets yeah, a, you know kind of what, what gets me is a sci- i'm not a sci-fi person so for somebody like me who's non-sci-fi but really likes it i, I know it's got to be really good all right um but yeah i like it every single time the the new season comes out i watched it i saw that they just announced season five it's not coming out till like i don't know 2024 or something so it's gonna be a oh, while. Mm. So these little kids uh that's a lot they're of gonna be in college yeah. uh by the time this uh season five gets out so all right well two two huge revelations here early on uh in the pod one steven the teacher's pet and two mark apparently cannot watch serialized story arced shows it's just Very interesting. a lot of commitment like i i watch it to get away that's what they that. want it's like no but, but it's there's... like a football game like i want to i i it the game ends and somebody wins somebody loses or or maybe ties if you play soccer football it's more i get it there's a season span. but it's like i well no i just don't i don't I don't There's know. so I, many good shows you're going to miss out on in life I because know. you're afraid of yeah. committing to an eight or ten show series. But it's so afraid. long. I mean, you have to commit to this. I mean, I don't know. Maybe okay. Oh. I'll stop complaining. Are it's you, a lot. you prepared? Are you prepared to train <laughs> yourself to be able to intake shows at four x speed? Because I, I feel like that may be the only way that we're going to get through this. <laughs> Maybe so. Just to, Maybe so. Start to ramp yes. it up. Do one and a quarter, one and a half, two, and, it, and then you know you'll get to where four is normal, and then yes. everything else will just like honey, honey. This is what I learned from the boys. We're just going to fast forward to this stuff. It's going to be better. Thankfully, we don't have to watch commercials. So these things that you guys have to sit through for an hour, I'm only sitting through like 48 minutes. That's true. You know what is interesting, though, um, and we'll we'll get on to golf here in a little bit. I promise. Uh, but what's Ooh. interesting is the the Star Wars um, series have sort of taken a step back, where they will release a new episode every Friday. So it's not like mm. these shows where they say, "Here's the entire season release, and you can just sit there and binge." They've gone back and like with uh, Favreau and the mandalorian to where they now do it every friday so it's mm. a bit like when we grew up where it was you know tgif and yes. uh you had to wait for a new a new episode every week so maybe that'll help you maybe you know, so. you you've, yeah you're forced. That's, fair. that's fair okay that's fair so when the new season of the mandalorian comes out we mm. will uh we'll get you to commit to watching that and i uh and i now i know the way hey kim hey kimberly heard there's a great yeah. new show you, you, get, you get, get Mark. I mean, I, she manages the DVR back before you boys were probably alive. We had VCRs going, taping shows. 
so we could get through commercials. Tebow then came in and bought us out. It was a whole thing. So we are we DVR slash cloud storage, whatever shows. Don't get me wrong, but if you want something to be recorded in the Snyder House, it's got to go through old Kimberly. Period. Yep. Yeah, well, it's not it's not hard to rack up about 100 episodes of Triple D. So, oh, yeah, man, <laughs> I did. Hey, I'm not I know we're not talking about it today, but I watched a little bit of Star Wars episode VI. Ooh, OK, I'll I'll have to I'll have to notate next that week. For next week. Next time. All I'm See saying they got is it. it got a little less intriguing, in my humble opinion. That's a yeah, little let's... teaser. Well, let's yeah, let's not give away if they got um, if they got out of Green Bay, but uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. The to, land of Hoth. <laughs> I'm interested to hear what you thought of the next one. All right, let's move on to this week in golf. <clears throat> so on the uh, the PGA Tour, we had the penultimate tournament for the <laughs> FedEx Cup, uh, which was the the BMW in um, in Delaware. Uh, hmm. I didn't, uh, did not get a chance to, I was trying to, I was looking for the clubhouse, but it was actually quite difficult to, uh, find the course on, on Google. But, um, anyway, I'll give you a little bit, uh, about what happened there and who, who won and what you can look forward to next week uh, at East Lake in Atlanta. They're still doing it there, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I, don't, I think that course probably overplayed but um uh, for some reason or another they keep going back there uh every year uh a couple of things to note um well let's so let's jump in one with zal torres uh so he was he was in first coming in and then he had to withdraw uh with back problems and, not, and i don't know if either one of you have experienced back problems um, but it's, I don't know, like there's just something weird when I see these, these finely tuned athletes and someone who looks like they've got the, the flexibility and the skill. Um, and I, and certainly you can remember tiger having issues and thinking this is someone who basically lives in the gym, um, and looks like they should be quite fit and able to handle those things. And I see the same with Zala Torres and I, there was a clip, I don't know if you saw it where there's some sort of the chiropractor, somebody from the joint went out there and was like trying to, to get his back mm-hmm. to, to crack or realign or whatever. And, and it didn't do it. And I think that was, that was pretty much the end, but do you, do either one of you guys have, have back pain or understand what exactly happens there when somebody, you know, somebody becomes debilitated because of their back. Oh, better believe it, boys. Better oh. believe it. <laughs> yeah, I've dealt with a lot of back pain for the last many years and uh, definitely have good days, good weeks, and, and not so good days and weeks. Um, and needless to say, golf does take a back seat. And, and uh, I've definitely had tee times that I, did, I knew were not going to be fun or were not going to be successful tee times. Uh, just because of, I know when I wake up in the morning, what kind of day it's going to be. Um, so from bending over to grab the tee to taking a swing and just not sure if kind of when you're after you hit that ball, you're kind of coming up from that swing. If you're going to feel that little like ting in your back that you're going to have that little pull, that little shock surprise, and then you're just kaput. 
because that's mm. like the worst feeling ever. Um, Even with pain reliever, you can't you can't oh, necessarily no. like pain, get by that is, feeling. Yeah, no, pain reliever is like yeah, you got like a sore thumb or a headache, whatever that does a thing, but. Pain relievers can mask some stuff. Like I even have some muscle relaxers and that just kind of helps muscles out. But like when it, when you're talking like discs and things like that, yeah, there's nothing that fixes that. Um, I mean, you pinch nerves so easily, especially with all the movement that goes into a swing. So, I mean, I don't blame the guy. I mean, it takes you a little bit for you get back in the right headspace to say, Hey, I can swing this thing as fast as I want. And I, I don't need to be afraid to, uh, feel that little zing in the back and and uh gonna be toppled over in a second so hopefully it gets better he's a small little guy he you know <laughs> I, I don't think you know he's gonna have a whole lot of whole lot of problems i think he you know he's one i, I see as being a great uh case to get in the gym and put some some meat and some muscle on him and i think he's gonna be even longer than what he is so I think he'll be back. I mean, I, to me, crack crack him over my knee. I think it'll be good to go. <laughs> wow, there's a lot to unpack uh, there. Hey, I love Will. I'm not. This is no. This is no. Uh, no, no. This is no. Know. You know, yep, no yep. diss at him. But I was more talking about the references to cracking over your knee. And... Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's cool. I. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I can't really relate to that and I, I mean maybe like sometimes when you sleep wrong on your pillow and you wake up and you get that you know that thing in your neck where it, it won't go away and then you turn mm. it one way and just get that sharp shooting pain and it basically won't go away the whole day like you gotta you gotta sleep on it again I don't know what's legal out on tour but I remember Hulk Hogan talking about taking uh, cortisone shots uh, before <laughs> matches and uh you know that i think that would pretty much dull all the pain i think some nfl players have done that before as well so you know for 15 18 million dollars if uh if zelatoris could take some cortisone shots that might might not be bad but um fun uh, fact on cortisone mike um (laughs) so cortisone is really good for like joints like knees uh, hips, elbows, that kind of stuff. That's where the cortisone goes in the big joints. It mm. can go in your back. And so I had gone in, I had done my MRI, all that kind of stuff, got it, you know, got my results back. And of course, didn't need surgery at this point. But, you know, one of the conversations was maybe cortisone shots might help. And I'm like, okay, well, it's just like, you know, probably like knees or, you know, or like knees, you just, they go in there, they, squish that stuff in, put in the, you know, put it in the knee and you're in and out in 20 minutes. Right. You know, fun fact about cortisone shots in the back is that you have to be put to sleep because they're going around your spinal cord into the disc. And so you have to be asleep. So you are, uh, fully out. So it went from like, okay, the little, no, no problem, a little quick office visit to a, small surgery so i'm like okay never mind no thanks i'll just deal with what i got mm. well maybe if you're not hulk hogan but mm-hmm. i feel like i feel uh, like he was uh, probably in the knees yeah, I thought wrestling like, was just fake. do it i, I didn't i thought wrestling it was is fake, fake. Why, why, how do they how do they hurt themselves anyway whatever 
lifting injuries or something. Mm-hmm. I'll, say, I'll send you some clips. I'll send you some clips. Oh, I've seen the chairs against the head and stuff. I mean, anyway, I know we're not talking wrestling, but Mike, I've had back pain. I, I think I've played golf with you a couple times at uh, Willow Creek. I remember fondly mm. when, uh, on the first tee, uh, it was not feeling good, but you know, I didn't want to give up, uh, you know, a wonderful day of golf. But I mean, I tell you, same thing. I chance mean, to win a lot of money. Chance to win a lot of cash. That's back when I was good. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It, it does hurt. I mean, it hurts. And I mean, you literally can't walk. You can't, it almost hurts to talk. And, uh, yeah. but anyway, I, I mean, I'm thankful that well, that stuff comes and goes, <laughs> mostly goes, but, uh, Anyway, yeah, I feel for Will. Hopefully, he's, hopefully, he gets all better. You know, yeah, and, uh, comes out and has a good showing in a week. Yeah, well, I'm assuming he's not going to be in the top thirty um, for next week. I could be wrong. But oh I, yeah, I don't no, know he's top thirty. State. He's like number three. Okay, but what kind of state? You know, what kind of state's he going to be? Oh, in? I see. I see. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to be that... great. He's start. He's already seven under going into the, the tournament next week. <laughs> don't get me started okay. on that whole stack. So he's pretty. He's pretty oh, high yeah. up there then. Oh yeah, he's number three. Uh, yeah. All that that tension and torque. I, I was really interested to see what that was going to do to Bryson over the years, mm. but of course he hardly ever plays anymore. So it's mm. it's hard. Well, I think that's one, why he joined one, like, Live. Falling off a bike and yeah, <laughs> guaranteed cash. Yeah, he he needs it with that swing. Holy moly! Holy moly! Um. So uh, so can't lay. Uh, ends up winning this week mm-hmm. in, in Delaware, coming down to the wire. It was uh, quite the tournament. Um, he was losing to Stallings there towards the end, then uh, came in pretty clutch. You know, if you ask me, though, uh, he's pretty lucky with that drive on 17. Oh, yes, uh, he ends geez. up he ends up, you know, hitting this drive where he does this thing that I do where it's you're, you kind of lean back to the left, trying to get that ball to come back to the left a little because you've leaked it out to the right. And uh, I don't know, hit a, a sprinkler head or a chipmunk or something and just bounces, uh, you know, bounces over the bunker back into the I think back into the fairway ends up. Oh, yeah. Uh, going on going on to win there. So um, interesting fact about Cantlay, he's the defending uh tour champion from last year so sitting on sitting on that water cash too and that now uh poised to to win again um especially with the limited field due to the due to the, the live uh, departures so i don't know if folks know much about cantlay he's kind of an interesting character i think he was on the last Ryder cup um and that schlacking so he you know, he was uh, the beneficiary of that, of how good that team was and kind of came out smelling like a rose. And I, I think that was maybe his first Ryder Cup of, or one of his, uh, one of his uh-huh. only ones, if not his first. Um, like I said, sort of a, an interesting character, a bit of a stalwart, uh, obviously a good talent, um, good in some higher pressure situations. Not necessarily the majors, though. Um, his best finish in a major, so he's not won a major yet. His best finish in a major is T3 in 2019. That was the PGA. Huh. Uh, any uh, any idea where that was played? Something that might be near and dear to our heart. And what well, year? Beth 2019? Page. Beth Page. Yeah. That's right. Beth Beth Page with Brooks. Uh, Oh, Kripka? Quip, 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 Quip
Brooks Cooper uh, won that when he was right in the middle of his medley of medley of majors. But uh, yeah, Beth Page. I don't know if we've mentioned it before on the pod, but uh, myself and the co-host here had a chance to run out to Long Island and um, play Beth Page. Maybe we can reminisce on that round uh, sometime in the future. But that uh, that is that is some course. But yeah, he's um, he's not. It's interesting, right? He's he's good enough to win the tour championship. He's a, he seems to be a great pressure player, but he's not really sniffed any of the majors yet. So he's got be... time. I think I think he's in there. I think he's going to win one soon. I do. I think I was going to say he's got to be somewhere around thirty. Um, so he's probably he's just coming into his primer. Yeah. In the middle of it. So, um, but yeah, Mark was alluding to this the structure. Um, for next week, so it's it's actually it's actually kind of a little live uh, esque, if you will. Um, you know, speaking of last last week, we kind of overused Bush League. Uh, so speaking <laughs> of Bush League or Fisher Price or Stephen's favorite Chuck E. Cheese, uh, they have some sort of graduated advantage um, for the players. So basically, Cantlay, who's currently in first in the the FedEx Cup. Uh, second standing second second well who's Scheffler. first Scheffler Scheffler is going to be he's first yeah. okay so so Scheffler, Scheffler will start he starts 10 under mm-hmm. so there's, there's 30 people in this field mm-hmm. if you're somewhere towards 30th you start even and yeah, if 26 you're number, through 30 you're even yep that's correct you're even and mm-hmm. then and then Scheffler will start at ten under, so he has a, so a ten-stroke advantage, mm-hmm. and uh, and then from there, I guess Cantlay will start at nine under. Eight under. guys get you know you would have thought nine under. Correct. He's at eight under. Zalatoris. Well, seven who's under. at nine? No one. That's the that's the advantage of being one. Which you know, again, back to Mickey Mouse here. Uh, I'll you know it's this internet thing. I just googled it. Scheffler's at ten under. Cantlay's no. at eight, Zalatoris at seven, Gazander, Shoffley's at six, Sam Burns at five. And then it kind of just goes from there. Uh, down to one under, there's a number of guys at one under. Down to the 26th player, K.H. Lee, through to Aaron Wise at 26 to 30, started even. Okay. okay. I think yeah. we I think we get the point. So, uh, so certainly those guys towards the top have a massive advantage. Um, Huge over the course of the four rounds, but uh, those guys at the top will be, I'm sure it'll be competitive there um, towards the end, even without the, mm-hmm. the live folks. Uh, maybe they were, <laughs> maybe they were demoing something as part of the circus. Uh, I don't know if you saw or not, but Rory was uh, contending with a remote control ball. Um, yeah. So I guess there's, <laughs> there's some sort of, <laughs> some sort of cool uh, remote control golf ball that a, a fan or, um, Greg Norman were controlling um, across the green there, and uh, and Roy picked it up and, and ended up chucking it in the water. So that was I thought that was uh, quite hilarious. It brought back memories of Shooter McGavin and uh, and some speeds <laughs> and Happy Gilmore. Uh, and then uh, speaking of the other Patrick, so you might have seen a couple things on Patrick. <laughs> Patrick Reed that were interesting. One was, uh, you know, the 
the live folks have some other avenues to try to continue to gain or, or keep their world golf ranking points. One of them was in Singapore. And, and Mark, I think you mentioned last time that, that Patrick had gone over to Singapore to try to win some points. And I, I think mm-hmm. he actually dropped points uh, with that, that trip yep. going over there. So uh, it's going to be interesting for Liv. If, if Greggy doesn't figure out this world golf ranking thing, it's going to be pretty spicy uh, when folks mm-hmm. dedicate a week or two to go overseas and then end up losing ground. Um, in That's the never good. It's never good. Yeah. But that's okay. We're not, you know, we're, we're worried about the other live guys, I guess, long term. We're not worried about Patrick, though. He's uh, he's currently uh, suing Hall of Famer uh, Randall Chamblay uh, yes. for a cool, a cool $750 Why million. Dollars. Why not? So pick that a number. Is, uh, you know, just pick it up. What did Depp, what did Depp end up getting for his libel case? It was like 20, 30? Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Whatever, I just can't even anymore. I don't know. Because seven hundred fifty million dollars feels like the right number, you know. Well, uh, what I guess I, what I should mention is that it's Chamblay and uh, the Golf oh, Channel, yeah, yeah, so yeah. deeper pockets of the Golf Channel. Nothing yeah. against Chamblay. I don't know how deep his pockets are, but uh, okay, sure. There were quite I. You know, I, I didn't get too far into the details, but there were some interesting things there. And I'll, I encourage you to go take a look of where it was calling out um, the different things that that uh, Patrick had been referenced by fans uh-huh. and, and people on the tour. Um, uh-huh. And I'm I'm certain many of them were are, are factual, if not all. So um, and then there's you know, there's other thoughts. I know Stephen loves a good conspiracy. There's other thoughts in there that this is being done for discovery on the live side for some of the um, antitrust case and other things that are going on to try to get uh, details and facts about the tour and Monaghan mm. out there as well. So, um, yeah, this, yeah, I was, I was texting the, the pod and my pod mates here about this. This feels like, you know, you start it like it's something you learn in MBA. You start at seven fifty, and you end up, you know, somewhere in the middle. So even if you get, <laughs> Two, three, four hundred million. <laughs> All right. I know I you're not going to settle at 750. What do you say we go 325? What do you say we go 300 mil? What do you say? 375? Let's split the difference. No. I, I just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see how this ends well in any way, shape, or form. Oh, man. Uh, I'll keep my thoughts out of the pot. If I give mine, <laughs> they'll get cut out. So they won't make final cuts. <laughs> you know, I just, I hope, I in a way, I hope it gets to, I hope it gets to court so that Chamblay can re- represent himself because I'm sure that he, he feels like he's the, <sighs> the person that can best represent the situation and oh, win the case. Just he when is, you think it is, can't get any weirder, it does. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Well. Yeah, I, I mean, we've got, and then the what was the interesting thing that I didn't realize too is that the um, the FedEx Cup final will be the same week as a um, as a the next live tournament, which I'm sure was very intentional by Greggy and others. So mm-hmm. that will be in Boston. I'm not I'm not sure where um, some you know new country club or something that they haven't played yet. Someplace that Perez will probably shoot about you know eighty. Um, just because nobody's got any any takes on the course yet, mm. but uh, 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I um I don't know if I have much else for this week in golf. I it just still a bit underwhelming is without uh without the FedEx Cup having the full strength of field with all the folks that have gone to live. So I don't know if you guys have any have any thoughts before we uh we round out, but um I guess uh Steven, do you have something? Yeah, sure. I was just going to give a shout-out. I mean, today, more than the PGA Tour, I watched the U.S. Uh, Amateur. Uh, really cool up there um, in New Jersey. Beautiful-looking course. Really a shout-out to Sam Bennett, a uh, kind of a – I guess we can call him a local local favorite, local hero down here. He's from Madisonville, Texas, kind of a small-town mm-hmm. guy. Um, that Buc- uh, goes to Texas A&M. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, Buc- that is Bucky's right there in Madisonville. Uh, so clearly not your your kind of st- standard golfer that you see out there, kind of your country club kid, grew up with the silver spoon in the mouth. He's very much your your small-town Texas kid and and is doing awesome, doing great. So shout-out to him and, and uh, really cool to see him do well. And he's going to be – I'm sure he'll do well on the web tour when he gets there, and, and we'll see him on the PGA Tour at some point. But shout-out to Sam Bennett. Or the, the Corn Ferry Tour. Or the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, you whatever. know, I mean, the, the web Corn Ferry, Web. Yeah. Hey, you know, all <laughs> the same. Minor leagues. Oh, baby. But, yeah, I watched that, too. It was great. It was great to watch. I watched it yesterday, too. Really good semifinal today. Great finals. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Um, one other thing, Mark, if you didn't have anything else. Oh. um couple a uh, couple sad things one was uh jimmy walker uh lost his tour card another another one that's near and dear to our heart mm-hmm. uh, jimmy was the um the champion at at Baltusrol, and we had a chance to um to go there and and see him see him win so that's a uh, that's a little sad especially given is. that uh, hmm. Sab- rory sabatini wow. was able to keep his with everyone going <laughs> over to live but crazy so is he going to go Jimmy. down to Corn Ferry then? He's going to the web, yeah. I think he's going to the web. Okay, perfect. He's going to the Nike, Nike tour. Nationwide yeah. tour. Nationwide, okay. probably, yeah. Man, Maybe even the Nike Sabatini, tour, yeah. gosh. Yeah. No, Sabatini. Sunshine State? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then something other sad. So uh, RIP Tom Weisskopf, um, sort of a legend there, and ends up uh, yeah. passing mm. away. He... Um, you know, I, I remember that name. He was one of those uh, names that I can remember growing up, like uh, Curtis Strange or Hale Irwin or Tom Kite. You know, some of those folks mm. that lump, lump those in all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a funny story. Um, played with uh, I was playing with a guy once, and he, he wasn't feeling so well in the morning, um, probably from spending too much time out the night before. And he said, I'm, I'm going to need a wise cough. And I uh, had to... <laughs> I had to look that up, but apparently there was some tournament Weisskopf was playing in and he, he was hung over and he ended up, he ordered like, uh, he's like, I need, I need two Advil, a cheeseburger and a milkshake. And, uh, that milkshake <laughs> might've had a little bit of whiskey in it. And, uh, sure enough, he, and I think he ended up playing well after that. So if you ever, uh, if you ever suffer from, um, a hangover, I I've heard, um, exercise helps go, go and run a couple miles. And then apparently, uh, something greasy. And a milkshake 
uh, might might do it as well. The old do it for do it for Weisskopf. Uh, rest in peace there. Mm. Man. Yeah. All right. Time for everybody's favorite, the old drink review. So what do you got for us this week, Mark? Boys, I got a real treat for you today. Um, I know that uh, the the artistic uh, what's the differences that we have on what a domestic is versus a craft beer continue. However, once in evidence, pretty cut and dried. Okay. <clears throat> once a brewery is in evidence as be, as being considered a domestic uh, brewery. Uh, I'm not afraid to go back to that well a couple of times, maybe even three or four more times. But uh, today I want to bring to you exhibit C from the Yingling Brewery. I found this little gem, the Yingling Golden Pilsner. Their take on a Pilsner, if you will, (laughs) Um, mostly because it is a take on a Pilsner. Uh, this, uh, you know, I was in our local, uh, our local supermarket the other day and I was, uh, you know, perusing the beer, uh, aisles cause there's many, uh, looking longingly at the quote unquote craft beers, even though they're made domestically. Uh, and this little gem, uh, popped its, uh, little, uh, neck out at me, all six of them in their little six pack. But yeah, Gingling. Oh Golden. boy, here we go. Uh, yeah. fiddle. Are you uh, mad you had to buy six pack? Well, no, I'm not mad. I had to buy. <laughs> I'm going to drink these. These are very nice. Um, I give the boys a hard time because some of the domestics I've had to buy are terrible, and I've wasted my dollar twenty eight on them out of the ice chest. But this one is definitely not a waste of money. I highly recommend the Yingling Golden Pilsner. Look this up. This is uh, their, you know, this has been around a while. It's no longer seasonal. It used to be one of their rotational ones. Mm-hmm. Now it is a year-round gem, but not stocked nearly as plentifully as their Yingling Lager, which they're more famous for, which we've already, I've already covered here on uh, one of our episodes. But uh, Pilsner, I, you know, I'm a fan of the Pilsners, as I've mentioned many times. I've got this solidly at a four out of five lawnmowers. Uh, I did a little more yard work okay. this weekend, too. Um, I had to pull up a lot of dead grass because, uh, man, the yard is taken in the shorts with this drought we've had in Houston, although it's rained the past few days, so that's nice. <laughs> it makes the dead grass clump together a little bit easier. Um, so I did some yard work, came in, popped the top of one of these guys. Highly, highly recommend. Four out of five, the Yingling Golden Pilsner, one of the Yinglings. Mm. And again, they got the lager. They got the Yingling Flight, and this is now the third that I've been able to review. And I've got one more ready in the wings from this amazing domestic brewery that I will be sharing with you guys soon. But Yingling Golden Pilsner, highly, highly recommend. Questions, gentlemen, as you normally do? Well, no, but I, I think I'll have to change my review um, this Uh-oh. evening. Um but let me do a let me just do a pre Department of Corrections there. You were as you were mm. lamenting last episode. Here we go about how I you know I can buy craft cans and you mentioned that Stephen can buy cans of bourbon. Yeah, I might have cans up. of bourbon for cheap. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I think Steven's got it the worst here. Uh, he might. He might. Spending yep. $75. Uh, yeah, you know, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. I realize yeah. that I probably should not complain about my $1.28 out of the ice chest. Uh, so yeah. the sixer of Yingling Golden Pilsner. Steven, this one's to you. Cheers. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I just appreciate the recognition. I'm not sure I was – I wasn't convinced I'd ever get it, but at least at least we're getting there. So we're 16 episodes in, so all right. Let's just remember this at episode 100. <sighs> hey, you just keep submitting those receipts, buddy. Submit the receipts. <laughs> Don't worry. They're going right to the same place every time. Right to the write-off. Yeah. All right. Bourbon Hunter, what do you got for us? Okay, so actually, before this episode started, I I had a hard time remembering of what I have oh. opened, what I've done. I knew I knew I'd done several of them. I I picked up a couple bottles, and I'm like, I can't remember if I've done this. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. So I went back and I actually listened to about or scrolled through to about twelve out of our fifteen to just confirm and you actually write them down. So I've got them in the notes. Good now job. I haven't done. Yeah. Credit to me. Uh, bump, bumping our numbers up on number of uh, <laughs> listens. No big deal. Self, <laughs> self-handedly doing it. Um, That'll save us. I, I was actually really surprised that we're 16 episodes in. I have not done one of my favorites. It is one that I always have one open on the shelf. I always have one in reserve and it is the woodford reserve double oak don't get this confused with regular woodford significantly different regular woodford mediocre this (laughs) fantastic okay so (laughs) don't get it confused based on the first part of the name um this is double oak so this is put into uh two barrels so this is put in your standard new new oak charred barrel at some point in the aging hmm. process, they put it in a different one. So it is oaky. It's extra smoky. It is super smooth. Um, it is 90 proof, so it is a little bit lower anyway, but it is super smooth. This one I'll drink on an ice block or even neat. Um, this is out of Versailles, Kentucky, uh, where Woodford Reserve is distilled up in there. Um, but, yeah, one of my favorites. Always something. I'm always drinking this. Um, one of my favorites and really shocked it made it to episode 16. Wow. I, I know, I know what you're going to say, Mark. Okay. I won't. Do you want me to say, okay. No. Yeah. Department of Corrections. I know. I already know what it is, but go for it. No, no. Well, okay. I won't say that, but is it an Oak, Oaky from Muskogee? Nobody. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what it's, you're talking about. No, it's oaky. It's oaky and smoky, not oaky from Muskoki. Oh, okay. I do I know an oaky from Muskoki. I don't think he's a listener, but speaking uh, of speaking of towns in wrong places <laughs> and pronunciations, were you last time? Were you saying Nashville? <laughs> were you saying Nashville? No, 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 not Nashville. Mash M A S H space Bill. Mash Bill. Mash Bill. Yeah, Mash Bill is the um their grains. So it's like their use of corn, wheat, mm, rye. Yes, Mash Bill. So, it, so it, it's the percentage of the different types of um mm. 
uh, grains that they use to make the whiskey. Not to be confused with a restaurant bill or your order bill. Got it. Mash bill. Or or Mashville, Tennessee. Mashville, Tennessee. Just east of east of Memphis. Right. Got it. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for clearing that up. All right. So this is one. So the quick question for you: the Woodford Reserve standard issue is that a mixer or is that still? That's a mixer. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm sure some people do it. For me, that's a mixer. That's wow. It's beyond mediocre, in my opinion. Beyond mediocre, as in not good. Um. Yeah. I mean, it just it. It's never one I would buy when uh, and and would have on the counter. It, it would be if like somebody really liked it, but yeah, I'm mixing that if I'm buying it. It's not yeah. a one I'll ever put on a block or drink meat. Got it. Yeah. Mike, let's hear about your craft beer. Yeah. Craft <laughs> beer. So for me this week, I'm gonna pull one from um Mark's neck of the woods. So this is Ooh. from uh Three Nations Brewing. Yes. In uh Carrollton, Texas. Carrollton, Texas. Uh, small little town right there next to the uh, big dump. Um, <laughs> this one is uh, the Cozy Bavarian Oktoberfest. Mm. And um, this I think this is my first, maybe my first official Oktoberfest. And um, you know what they call it? Three, three nations, Mark? I uh, don't. The people so that- the three nations, I believe, were the the master brewer learned was uh, Germany, England, and Belgium. Oh, um, so very fitting. Um, but this is a this says cozy up to aromas of dark cherries, toffee, and chestnuts, and start Oktoberfest off right with the malty character of a true Bavarian Marzen lager. Um, so. You know, for me, um, the interesting thing with Oktoberfest is, especially as they warm a little, they kind of get like a little bit sweet, um, a little bit like a, maybe like a Bach or a triple Bach or something, and just mm. uh, almost like like they mentioned that I couldn't put quite put my finger on it, but like those cherries. Um, so some of the some of the Oktoberfest for me come off not um entirely carbonated yeah. and i think this is this is one for me that just it, it lacks a little bit of um of that carbonation huh. and uh, i've had i've had another one which i actually think is the one that mark will probably review next week um that's uh it, it's pretty good it's pretty quaffable it's um it's maybe a little bit lighter than than this one it goes down a little bit easier but um for me, it's it's not bad, um, but there are many many Oktoberfests in the stable, and I don't I don't think this is a um, one that I would necessarily mm. repeat before trying others. But the uh, what is it? The Mango Smash. Mango Smash. Oh, Ma- Mango Smash IPA by Three Nations IPA. Brewing. That mm. is a definite recommend and a and one that you would have several of. So look for mango that one. Smash. Oh, it's yeah. it is it is fantastic. You ever find yourself at Brookhaven Country Club up in the North Dallas area mm. after a nice 18 warm day or even a cold day? You go into the 55th hole upstairs. They got it on tap with a little bit of clam chowder or the bowl of chili. Man, <clears throat> three nations. That's yeah, what I'm, I, I, was, I was really curious. Here's the real view here. 
But okay, that's too Here's bad. a real question. For somebody who doesn't like IPAs, would they like a mango smash IPA? Hands down, hands down. Yes. Got it. Okay. And it is a, there is something because I've had a, a chance to play out there. There's something a little bit different with that ice cold glass sitting in there on a cool. Saturday watching a little bit of college football. You know, uh when when mm-hmm. you when you guys get up here and we get a chance to run out there, maybe we can go out to the to the oh, brewery yeah. there and give it a try. I think Love it's that. especially anytime you add mango or some of those other fruits, it makes it a little bit um mm-hmm. a little bit more tolerable for people who don't love the the pininess or the the hoppiness of those IPAs. I did also have a chance to run out to community brewing, which really? is pretty close to, to Dallas. Um, that's where I had, uh, tried the yes, sir. And, uh, <laughs> maybe a couple others from there. And, uh, it's, it's a cool place. It's definitely overbuilt for the time being. It's kind of in, uh, it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere, I would mm. say for being close to, to Dallas. So, um, I know they're getting ready to open up a kitchen, maybe try and drive a little bit more traffic there, but, uh, it's a uh, it's an interesting place because it's right there uh, next to uh, a place that's got some history for some of us and uh, <laughs> kind of sitting there taking it in uh, the whole time and it's and it's interesting. Uh, but they, uh, I, I had the yes sir on yes draft. sir it was absolutely absolutely delicious. So that when the when the uh, Masters rolls around next year, I'll be getting a sixer of that. All right, so quick reconnect on balls and net. Um, <laughs> good week for me. Uh, cottagers, yeah. uh, cottagers get the W. Uh, the the uh, trees draw this week, and then the uh, cherries take it in the shorts. Not good. So, uh, well, I mean, we're you know we're all still live, still yep. still early. Only yep. uh, only two matches in. A uh, quick look at the tables, if you will. Uh, the tables. So full... Three. Oh, yeah. I think we're three in. Are we three in already? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Well. Currently, no one's in relegation status. But, yes, I think we're all we're three oh, in. Oh, you know why? Okay. I'm confused. That's oh, why. Oh, here we go. My bad. Man, you still has. So, technically, we yeah, week two is not over. Um. Week three is not over. Menus, whatever. Just okay. uh, digging, digging my way out here. So Fulham is currently number seven. Um, only full uh four points back of Arsenal, who uh who took down the Cherries this week. Arsenal looking pretty good this season. Um, Nottingham is at number ten, and Bournemouth number fourteen still, uh, well clear of relegation. Mm. So no, no need to worry yet. Um. There is a match tomorrow, so for those of us that are fortunate enough to work from home, um, at 2 p.m. Central, Man U plays Liverpool, which is a hell of a mm-hmm. match. That's going to be great. Yeah. Well, based off of uh, how things are going, I think Man U is going to get smoked. Am I right? I mean, we got first versus last place, right? It's pretty close, yeah. One I mean, Liverpool's 20. good team, Man U – um, I ran into a Man U fan this week, and I was like, "Is because because they're no, last?" Hey, but we Liverpool, didn't really talk. Liverpool's only they've played two games. They've drawn both games. Don't get me wrong; it's not like they've lost, oh. but they ain't they ain't first place. Yeah, but they're also not dead last. Um, That's like, very fair. Like Man U, so that this would be pretty incredible if if Man U takes another loss here and they're they're still last. Um, we start talking about them getting relegated. That could be 
That could be an all timer there. I did see they signed. Um, I I don't remember the the player's name or how big of a player. I think they were kind of a star player um, in order to help the hemorrhaging, uh, stop the hemorrhaging and the bleeding. Um, But I, I just, I don't know if it'll be enough there. Uh, This, this man, you fan that I talked to basically said that uh, it's a combination of there's too much pressure because they've got Ronaldo and they feel like that, you know, that opportunity is ticking away. But then, you know, if you're not a champions league team, a lot of the best stars don't want to come play for you. So, um, because they haven't been doing so hot, they're not going to qualify or they're not going to be able to play in the Champions League. And so the uh, the big players want to play in that for the money and the prestige and everything else. So there's an outside chance that, uh, man, you can qualify for Champions League through, I believe it's called the Europa League. Try mm. to pay attention here to try and uh, follow up with these 30 leagues. But um, I uh, I don't. I don't see it changing anytime soon. And it mm-hmm. uh, looks like, you know, Arsenal's been able to – Arsenal, pretty big name over the years in terms of the, the history and the pedigree, but they've been able to to rebuild successfully, you know, stay out of the limelight, even though they they weren't uh, doing as well as their fans had enjoyed. Um, but maybe they'll be able to um, reap those rewards this season with a, with a title. We'll see. Thoughts, Stephen? Yeah, Mike, I was going to ask you, not not right now, take this away as homework and report back uh, next episode, but when was the last time Manchester United Oof. was relegated down to the B League? Look that mm. up. I'm sure that is a long time. You're going to get a little interesting if this if it continues this way. Yeah, and this is where that's, – that's a great question. I'll, I'll get back to it, but this is where it would be nice to – It'd be nice to know enough about football and the Premier League to be able to answer that question. I sort of feel like, you know, if if the if the Packers were zero two, right, and somebody came to you and you said, "Hey, are the Packers gonna are the Packers gonna make the playoffs this year?" You could probably look at the schedule and look at the roster and be able to tell, you know, with with reasonable confidence whether or not you know they or some of those other teams that. Um, it just by just by knowing the roster in their history and, and the teams that they play, whether or not they could actually make the playoffs. But in this case, I have no idea. And I, uh, I, and this Man U fan I talked to was a, a little bit, I think a little bit scared. So it might be, it might be a possibility. Um, but I honestly, I don't, I don't think that what's today, August 21st, Mike doesn't think that they're going to get relegated. I just, oh. I, don't, I don't see how that's possible. Well, with... I just Googled it. Do you want me to tell you? Or you want to go look it up? No, tell us. 1973-74 season was the last time they were relegated. And apparently, according to this article here on goal.com, uh, <laughs> they, they are the most successful club of the Premier League ever. Uh, or the Premier League era, and they won 13 league titles since 1992. Alex Ferguson, excuse me, Sir Alex Ferguson. I mean, I even know that as a non-large soccer fan. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, this would be unheard of. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be unheard of. Almost 50 years. Yeah, unheard of. Yeah. So they got to figure out how to pull themselves out of the old uh, toilet bowl, so to speak. (laughs) 
It, uh, uh, pretty cool thing. So uh, we'll all be together um, sometime around the September 16th oh, yeah. time frame. Believe it or not, the uh, cottagers play the tricky trees uh, on on the 16th. So maybe I don't we know. We might have to them. find a place that's playing yeah. the whole game. Yeah, maybe a, a nice pub or something. Uh, we'll get Steven some Boddingtons and we can watch yes. the cottagers cut down the tricky trees. <laughs> Gotta make him a couple of houses, Steven. So <laughs> that would be fun. Still probably won't have any kit by then, but yeah, maybe we can sneak out around two and uh, catch that. That'd be fun. All right. Uh, balls uh, in net. Balls in net. Or lack thereof, as Steven would say. Uh, so I got a, an interesting little segment for us uh, this week called In the Booth. And In um, the booth. so I. I had been kicking this one down the road a little bit, but um, in case you, in case you didn't know, and I'm not even going to go as far as to say in case you've been living under a rock, because I, I don't think that that's fair. But in case you didn't know, there has been a major, major upheaval and overhaul this year in the uh, NFL announcers that are mm. going to be in the booth for the um, for the various networks, and actually even a a brand new network. Um, that'll be, that'll be joining the Rota. So, uh, and I want to, I'm, I'm going to read these off and then I, I kind of want to get your thoughts or maybe, you know, just, uh, an opinion on, on who your favorite is there, but, uh, let me read these off. So the new, the new kid on the block, Amazon is going to be doing Thursday night football. And so that's going to be, um, staple from the NBC side, Al Michaels coming over with a staple from the college football, college game day, ABC evening games, uh, Kirk Herbstreet. Mm. So Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet, the odd couple uh, coming together for Amazon Thursday night football. Uh, well, it says TNF. I don't know if that's Tuesday. I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume that's Thursday night. Football. They play every night nowadays. Yeah. So, yeah whatever. Yeah. Uh, CBS is still going to be Nance and Romo. So yes. uh, no, no change there. Uh, ESPN. So Monday Night Football, the boys from Fox come over. So Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Uh, you know, could you imagine oh. it's be like coming out of a coma if you haven't been looking at any of this stuff? Be like, what planet am Jeez. I on? So uh, Buck and Aikman coming over to Monday Night Football on ESPN. Really? And then Fox. Yeah, Fox uh, apparently wasn't ready or didn't have time to find anyone meaningful. So they have Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Um, as their number one, that'll be replacing Yikes. Buck. And so Aikman, you're so. so you're telling me Aikman and Buck are off of the Fox games on the weekend? Yeah, which is sad because they, being Fox, used to call some really great man, Ameri- like oh yeah, game of the week, right? And yeah. America's game of the week. At yeah. the Cowboys or Green Bay or I mean just great games. And now like we got you know some B level squad doing it. And it kind of yeah. stinks because, you know, while Monday Night Football has that aura about it, you still get some trash games in there, oh, yeah. right? You still get some bad games. So, really stinks. Yeah. Huh. And then uh, NBC will be – so, Michaels went over to Amazon if you're able to keep up. So, NBC will keep the Collinsworth slide but add everybody's favorite, Mike Tirico. Um, so, he has – he has decided to leave the booth for the Notre Dame games. Don't ask me why they have their own 
network or mm-hmm. dedicated mm-hmm. football games on NBC. Mm-hmm. But uh, NBC, yeah. Sunday Night Football, Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth, they, of course, lose Thursday Night Football to Amazon. So um, it'll be interesting. I, I, I like, you know, kind of the chance to see Michaels and Herb Street work together. Um, I like that Buck and Aikman will be together, but you're right, Stephen. It seems like at some yeah. point in time, all the bad games got flexed into Monday night. <clears throat> um, Fox not particularly yeah. interested in seeing those. So, yeah, it's just that was my that is actually what I had written down was it's, it's not going to be the same without Buck and Aikman doing those uh, America's Game of the Week, whether that was the Green Bay or. Uh, obviously, a lot of Cowboys there, and you, you sort of felt like Aikman had a little tinge of home cooking there um, for those those Cowboy games. But um, no, that's, that's going to be a little bit sad. Yeah. So interesting. Which uh, fa- so Stephen sounds like maybe your your favorite pairing there was the the Buck Aikman pairing on the on the Sunday afternoons. Mark, did you have any of those that you particularly like? It was the same for you. Uh, I I did like Aikman. Um... You know, and sometimes he'd be randomly paired up with another announcer or color guy. You know, like, and again, I don't mean to go total cowboy here, but uh, Moose Johnson. You know, it's like he, there'd be some good guys in the booth that knew football. It's like that's why I like Romo and I think Nance do a good job. It's like you got a guy that truly knows football, and you know, just tells you what the next play is going to be based on what he's seeing running out on the field. And now I'm just like, I don't know. So I like those guys. I like those guys. I like the pairing of somebody that knows football, that's got some history there. I like Joe Buck, but he's more of like October baseball to me than football. I don't know. He gets a little, little, little much. Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah. So NFL, I, you know, I, I'm a big Nance Romo now. Um, I love Monday night football to me that I get so nostalgic with Monday night football, I, you know, and I, I'll miss, you know, the Al Michaels, um, Frank, you know, it's just some good, good old pairings of some broadcasters. Um, man, so this is this is interesting to me. And Amazon oh, yeah. coming in here. Geez, I don't know. So this is where I'm, you know, and then even college football, if you allow me to uh, uh, digress sure. or progress into the booth. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember my dad and I would set up multiple TVs in our living room and watch like Keith Jackson you know, out at, at mostly the California games, Vern Lundquist back in the, I mean, just oh, some boy. Of these, yeah, some of these names, you know, some of these guys that you just, I, I love hearing their, their mm. the way they do it. You know, I mean, I don't know. You got Tim Brando, you got some of these older, I don't know, maybe I'm butchering. Oh, man. It is. oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I like Kirk Herbstreet and I really like Reese Davis and those guys, you know, and I um, mean, even Andre Weir and some of these guys now that also do, pro and college. Um, anyway, I, you know, I like those guys a lot. And so to screw with some of that, you know, I think chemistry, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting a little worried here. Hopefully we don't screw with too much of this, but man, I love me some good college football announcers. That's why I'm interested to see what happens with whole uh, Notre Dame and NBC. And I don't know. I, I know those guys, but whatever. Anyway, I, I do. I think the announcers do make a game better. And, uh, yeah, I hope they don't screw with some of the chemistry too much. Yeah, yeah good ones you, make it better, change. and bad ones really oh. can ruin it and make oh, you watch man. a game on mute. So, like for me, growing up, 
It was Musburger. I mean, oh, calling yeah. the big oh. ABC games, oh, geez, of course. Yes. You know, talking about some of the uh, ladies in the stands. <laughs> can't. I mean, I can't think about yes. Musburger that. But that's what made him special. Yeah. He's of the age that he can get away yeah. with that. I, I digress. Um, Brad Nestler too. He was one of my oh, yeah. Brad yeah. Nestle, uh, some of the NCAA college football games. He used to do some of the voiceover on that, so it brings me back some nostalgia. But I think one of the ones you can't go wrong with now, of course, is, is the big one. It's uh, Fowler and Herb Street. Yep. Uh, that one will still remain. I know Reese will flex in every now and then, but to me, that they call it the best games in, in college. I know Gus gets uh, – some people like Gus, he gets a little too crazy for me, Gus Johnson, with his – Touch, you know, really loud, yes. really acclimated. But it can be fun every now and then, the, the Big Ten games that they used to call. I know it's uh, Big yeah. Ten's now. Uh, and CBS who are other now. big announcers? Like Sean McDonough? I mean, I don't know. I don't know who else you got out there. I mean, there's so many game college football games. They have to have so many announcers, and some of them just there's like, a, wow. Yeah, there's a lot. But here, here's the crazy thing that we're forgetting is college ball has got craziness too, is that it always was SEC on CBS. That is now kaput. That is now all on ESPN. Oh yeah, now CBS now is Big Ten. Yes, so that's right. It's going to be really weird um, with Gary Danielson and Nestler calling Big Ten games. Which again, Gary Danielson is the biggest SEC Bama homer ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. So well, for me, how is he going to call a Penn State or Ohio State game and talk about Bama the whole time? So it wouldn't shock <laughs> well, me that's if they did CBS. <laughs> I'm sure they, he'll, he'll still find a way to talk about the SEC the entire game. Well, uh, let me let me crazy. stop you there though. Do you but, do you know do you know where Gary Danielson went to college? I think he went to Big Ten school. Did he not? Oh yeah, Purdue. Purdue. The did you say the best? The best in the, academics because it's definitely not sports. He went to he went to the best school in the Big Ten, the only school to put a man on the moon. Uh, Purdue mm. University. So oh. yeah, that maybe Nebraska. That's why he Nebraska. Oh. <laughs> love to see a resurgence Rutgers. of the boilers, and then maybe we'll get a yeah, yeah. Nestler's hey. thirty-one flavors. He's oh, yeah. he's a good guy. My uh, the one you didn't mention for me, Kevin Harlan. I I mm. love that guy. Oh, Something yeah, about yeah. his voice, and he you know he's had a couple of those games where he's had streakers on the field, and like to to the thirty, <laughs> yeah. to the twenty. And he's tackled yeah. by the security guard. And um, but he also I, I have some memories of traveling for work or something where he does Westwood uh, one radio. Um, you know, he does CBS on the uh, on the Sundays for the games. But then he also does. I think it was either Sunday night or or Monday night football on Westwood one radio. And I uh, just listened to him on the radio, too. So I, th- I think he's got a great voice for the uh, TV and in radio, but uh, Kevin Harlan, he's – I think he's my guy. I'm, I'm a mm-hmm. little surprised, Stephen, given how much love you've expressed for CBS that you didn't go with Nance. Um, seems like you're, in, you're Nance's, you know, teacher's pet. But uh, mm. I guess – I don't know. I guess maybe you're a Buck Aikman guy over, over Nance. Uh, I mean, to me, it's more games. I, I do like – I think I watch more of the Fox games than the CBS, but uh, I mean, my perfect pairing would be of of Nance versus Buck. Nance hands down oh, yeah. of Romo versus Aikman. Aikman. So to me, the perfect would be Nance and Aikman, in my opinion. Interesting. Buck is terrible, though. I'm not the biggest fan of Buck. 
but I think they work well together. And it's really the games that they used to call. Oh, man. I'd love to see Nance and Collinsworth. I think that would be the oh, perfect level of syrup geez. and cheese. Oh, man. Yeah. That, that, would be, that would be my pairing. Man, I'm ready for football. We only got, what, five days? Almost yeah. there. Yeah. I'm ready for the weather to turn chilly. Maybe some snow falling. Fire in the fireplace. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just what I remember, and that's why these announcing changes are, are, are hit me, hit me in the nostalgia area. Oh yeah. Anyway, I tried to, I've tried to tell you guys about nostalgia and mystique, but you were, you were calling me an old man, but it's uh, something to it. There we go. All right, let's move on to uh, Marnak, the mediocre <clears throat> this week. So uh, I'm going to do a quick switch here. He, uh, you had made a comment, and oh. it's it sort of embodies the way that i felt about f1 for many years which is oh, that yes. you know there's it's really kind of just a, a few horse race most years and you know there were some years there where um only schumacher won and then you know only vettel won and then only lewis hamilton won and it seems like it was more about you know did the constructors have the car figured out and it didn't really matter who drove the, the team was basically going to win year after year after year after year yeah, that doesn't make for the best uh, viewing or fan experience or competition. Uh-huh. Um, so we've, uh, and it seems, you know, they, they've kind of got the live schedule where they've got some breaks in between the races here and there. So we've, we've got another one, uh, another one this week, which is the Belgian Grand Prix. And so my question for Marnak is, uh-huh. is someone other than, and this, this is Mark's words, a, a quote winner um, and I would assume that that means probably someone other than uh, Leclerc and his teammate or uh, Verstappen and his teammate. So maybe some someone other than Ferrari uh, or Red Bull. Will someone other than a winner win at the Belgian <laughs> Grand Prix this week? Uh, so I'm going deep into I, I went and found a new envelope. Uh, this one's from. The Insperity Classic <laughs> Invitational oh. that I participated in. It's, an, it's a very nice envelope. Uh, and Does they have some daily perfume on it? No, but Mike Weir is sponsored prominently on the front cover of the envelope. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, no daily perfume. <laughs> yeah, I might have had to throw that thing away. Um, <laughs> but since this only talks about winners, the answer is going to be no. Like, again, I really believe that this this Formula One thing is really a way to let the winners continue to win based upon some sort of predetermined thing at the beginning of the year. I just don't see how it happens, barring some sort of catastrophic, catastrophic um, implosion. I'm not saying explosion because that's terrible. Uh, Implosion by the winner. I just don't see how it happens. So, yes, the winner will keep winning, period. Prove me wrong, Belgium. That's it. That's all I got. I think you're right. I uh, if I this isn't gonna I, happen. There's no way. Yeah. If I read the the tables or the fixtures correctly, I I think there may <laughs> only be four race winners these this season, and they're all the ones that, that you would deem to be winners. Yeah. So, or first, second, uh, third place, like in every race, the same name is there every time. Like, and it's, it, it is uncanny. And again, everybody's telling me these cars are the same minus an engine, which I get it's different, but it's like, 
I the pole position matters. So whoever wins the pole, yeah, boom, wins the race, and it's the same three or four guys every time. Period. And it's and it's the highest level, and these teams are investing a massive amount of money, and these are the significant top talent, cash. And it's like correct. Most of the people don't even matter. It's Bingo. it's crazy. It is amazing. I've never seen anything like it. All right. Well, this may be the week then that uh, Lewis Hamilton comes back from the grave. Yes. Hey, I, you know what? I again, not many weeks I say this. I want to be wrong. Like I want, I want like Marty Smith, the uh, Ace Hardware repair guy, ends up winning the freaking Belgian <laughs> Grand Prix here. Like I want to be wrong. So I just don't think I'm going to be. And I don't know if there's a guy named Marty Smith, but whatever. All right. Well, if you get a chance to tune in on Sunday, uh, might be worth watching. I'll watch. Mm-hmm. It's a quick, quick watch. So if you get a chance to sit down before your uh, Premier League games, go ahead and watch mm-hmm. that. All right. Thank you, Marnak. Welcome. Uh, quick, quick update on Flavor Country. So I wanted to check in with Steven on in the adventures of his uh, smoker. <laughs> um, I also had a couple things to share. So uh, let me jump in real quick. I um, we got a an early uh, early wedding present which was a uh, pizza oven, believe it or not. So I had been saying for some time that I uh, wanted a pizza oven like uh, Guy Fieri has at the ranch kitchen. Um, Did you get a Noonie? No, I think it's like a Borello or something to that effect, the one that was on Shark Tank. Mm. I think I might be getting that name wrong. but uh, Sounds Italian. Got to be good. It's not – it's not – not built into any outdoor kitchen yet. Um, this isn't the Snyder household, but um, it is a it is a nice little unit. Uh, it hooks up to uh, propane. You can add uh, wood chips if you like. We we actually held a little pizza party today, and um, the way you know that is that um, we held a party and it's been the first day. It's rained in two months, so you know, go figure that. Yes. But um, little pizza party, uh, you know, sort of medley of toppings, and the guests get a chance to to make their own pie, their own, um, you know, thickness of crust. Whether you want to do a, you know, modification with a uh, calzone or strombole, uh, one guest Stephen made what's called a pinwheel, um, if you know what that was, uh, which was extra delicious. So hmm. um, we had tried to make some pizzas in the traditional oven and they were okay i would say that this was quite a significant step up and it and it runs on propane so you just hook it up it's got a little starter it's got a little um adjuster on the back where you can set it you know from high to low or anywhere in between um quite honestly the hardest part was using the what do they call that shovel thing I don't know. I don't know what it is. The thing, the shovel thing that you mm. put the pie on, and you the pizza getter. You, yeah, the the pizza getter, the pizza rotator. Um, the initial getting that thing off without losing all your toppings and shooting oh. it, you know, off the back or ended up pulling <laughs> it out onto the ground. Like that was the hardest part. That's where I gotta, you know, get the flick of the wrist um, down. But uh, maybe just a little bit more flour. Not sure if if that's the trick. But then. Once you get it in there, it starts to solidify and crisp up a little bit. You know, you're supposed to pull it out every 30 seconds, do a little rotation. Um, it was quite good after that. Um, the the pitfall 
and I and I don't know how you get around this one. Was that the? It was almost like I was expecting a thin, thin, like cracker thin, crispy crust, and and a lot of times it was very thick, even if mm. it looked thin mm. when you put it in. So I think that's, you know, that's the thing got to work on. But all in all, I mean, this was. And, and people were getting into it. You know, it's like they, they liked making their own. They liked getting it in there and rotating it. Uh, gives you a chance to go inside, outside, share um, amongst people. You know, like I said, even somebody was adventurous enough to make a pinwheel. Huh. Um, so it was uh, it was pretty, pretty dynamite. And I think we'll be first of of many uh, pizza parties to come with that pizza oven. Nice. So That's encourage fantastic. you to. That's awesome. Yeah. That yeah. is on my list, Mike. It, you know, my my perfect backyard probably looks a little bit like Guy Fieri's. Oh yeah. Uh, Ferraris. <laughs> you know, having the smoker, having a pizza oven like an uni. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, having a grill or like a like a flat like a blackstone or some sort of flat top thing. I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Love pizza, so would love to have a pizza cooker. Yeah, and again and. It got like those little um, bubbles and stuff on mm. it, just a little bit of black. Like it was, mm. it was nice. Yeah. Um, so what about what about you, Stephen? I know that you're, you know, you're sort of doing a meet a week as we approach <laughs> uh, football season here. Did you get a chance to exercise the smoker again? I did. Tried out some new meats. Uh, only fired up once this weekend. Did two different meats on it. Uh, you know, it is. Having a smoker is a labor of love. It's not like a pizza mm. oven where you throw a pizza in there for probably an hour, you know, a minute shots and a half and it's done. Or, no, no, no. This is no shots fired. This is just kind of setting the perspective. Mm. Or it's okay, not like a bad. gas grill where you turn it on and whatever you want done is done in 10 minutes, whatever, right? I mean, this is a labor of love to get the coals, get it going, and then it's slow and going, right, if you're smoking something. So – uh, Saturday fired it up, um, decided to do turkey breast after mm. having some going to, uh, our, one of our favorites corkscrew last week and having some smoked oh, yeah. turkey. I was like, oof, that was amazing. I think I can do that at home now. And I did. So we had, we did two big turkey breasts, um, for one, for the fact that we wanted to try out two different rubs on them to see which one we liked better. And then also for the fact that we could eat all this turkey for the rest of this week, right? It'll be good mm. in the fridge or worst case scenario, the freezer. And let me tell you, it was great. Mm-hmm. It took about, I don't know, maybe just under three hours in total, maybe two and a half. Um, and it was, it was smoky, beautiful smoke ring around the edge, really smoky, uh, juicy, good flavor with the two rubs. Um, mm. Really hard to decide which one I liked better. Uh, so that was awesome. Definitely be doing that again with just how easy Thanksgiving. it is and it's healthy. Yeah, Thanksgiving, something like that. Um, and then I also, as soon as those were done, I threw on some chicken wings. Uh, so smoked those for quite a while. Then, you know, just seasoned them, smoked them. And then when they were close to done, pulled them off, uh, based them in some barbecue sauce and put them back on there. Uh, next time I will make some tweaks that I'll probably – take them off, fire the smoker up really hot and to get them a little bit um, crunchier, to really get them crunchy. So um, are those uh, bone is, in or boneless wings? He said crunchy. Um, so that's boneless. Let me just, boneless. Let, me just, let me just say 
Let me uh, again. I said I did chicken wings. So yeah, beautiful drums, beautiful flats, chicken <laughs> wings. Okay. Not chicken nuggets. Not hunks of breast. Chicken wings. Okay. So yeah, ate ate well. Had some leftover right. today, and now I have Yum. turkey the rest of this week. Man, pizza, yeah, think- wings, turkey. Wow. Yeah, I think Corkscrew's got uh, some of those. A lot of those barbecue places do a dynamite um, turkey, and oh, yeah. uh, so I, I was concerned that you that it wasn't going to be juicy or or whatever. But uh, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the turkey at your your holidays where it's just the the standard. No. Um, I did come across this Greenberg Smoked Turkey Company, oh which gosh, is a yeah. yes. pretty nice variety. So now that you can do that on your own, Stephen, you'll be a big hit at the holidays. Better believe it. All right. So just in a quick pre, just to roll us in to the Department of Corrections, but a, a quick pre-Department of Corrections. So, Mark, you had mentioned – Come on. Reservation reservations at Taste of Texas. Now I don't yeah. recall being able to do reservations there. Oh, did yeah. they did they add that? It was Whoa, a COVID a an ad ad during COVID. Oh yes. wow. May, may, okay. they rest in, may COVID rest in peace. But yes, uh, uh, it, was a, it was a COVID. I guess it's one of the couple things that good that came out of COVID was yeah. reservations at yep. Taste of Texas. Correct. I was, yes. I was tired of eating dinner at four. Yeah. yeah, you either get there at 3.30 when they open at 4 or you eat at 10 p.m. That's correct. No, they yeah. do have reservations now. I highly recommend you get them. Okay, that's good. Yep. All right, so the Department of Corrections this week, um, new tagline. I picked one up from you, Mark, last week uh, called oh, yeah. where, where We Buy Rumors and Sell Facts Oh yeah. at the Department of Corrections. So. You had mentioned, uh, as you were describing episode five of Star Wars, you mentioned several things. Harry Porter, mm. um, which is, of course, Harry Potter. You mentioned Hans. <laughs> Harry Porter. Uh, yeah, Han Solo. Hans Solo um, from Guttenheim. Um, that's, of course, <laughs> Han Solo. Uh, do you know what What are the, you uh, saying? The... You're saying Hans. Hans from Mighty Ducks? It's not Hans. It's Han. Han Solo, not oh. Hans. Uh Hand you know, so low below the belt. Okay, <laughs> do you know what the number one selling uh, condiment on Hoth is? It's it's Hoth sauce. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not. I'm still okay. reeling by the fact that it's not. It's Han Solo, not Han Solo. Yeah, I kept hearing Han Solo. Okay, got it. And I'm still waiting for that link that you were going to send on where Star Wars had stole scenes from other movies, but I, I, didn't, I, sent it. I didn't get that. I also didn't get any evidence from you, Stephen, about your ribs falling off the bone. So oh, you guys, oh, okay. uh, picture being a bit sent of wafflers. Now. Okay. After the fact, uh, Stephen, you had mentioned that you bought a drone instead of a droid when referring to your smoker. So um, a droid is, of course, you know, C-3PO, um well i'll I'll send you i will actually mm. send you a link of what your your smoker looked like uh drone of course flies in the air um and steven you mentioned that you needed your legs for work which is of, of course not true um unless you've decided to play amateur soccer or something to that effect um i so i dropped i dropped the bombshell uh, despite the peloton shirt i don't i don't think you need them um I mentioned that there was going to be Chick-fil-A wings 
Um, and that was, it seems like that might've been, uh, some sort of hoax. Um, it was, I, I think a picture that was taken. Yeah. A picture that was taken in Atlanta of some wings, um, maybe with some, um, some Chick-fil-A signage, but, uh, turns out that I, I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't know why they wouldn't, um, unless it's just too difficult to make good wings, but, um, Stephen would say, figure it out. Because I think that'd be that'd be a huge seller. Um, Steven was really, really ragging on LeBron last time. Um, what what team is he part owner in that you were dogging him on? Manchester United. Okay, because because I, I know that the Glazers own the, who also have the uh, the Buccaneers mm-hmm. also have them, but I guess LeBron's part owner there too. Part owner, yeah. You said he had three NBA championships. He of course has four. Four um, out of about what though? He's like four out of ten. Terrible, trash. Oh my! Uh, I don't, yeah, but he brought a lot of joy to someone named Dan Gilbert. If you've ever heard of him, uh, <laughs> I when mean, he, when don't he get won me in wrong. Cleveland. Um, but yeah, no, I get you. I I have that pain from being a Peyton Manning fan at Indianapolis Colts. I mean, he was he was the same way. I don't, you know, that guy should have had at least at least three, four, five Super Bowls, and he was just a big bust um, like LeBron, but LeBron got a huge signing bonus. Mm. Is there is there a correction on the Department of Corrections? Okay. Then I will keep rolling. Uh, Steven, you mentioned, do we have listeners? And I said, uh, of course, we have listeners. So that was, I, I don't know what was going on there. I also mentioned that Gary Koch, was on NBC that of course uh, I'm sorry that he was on CBS with Nance and, and McCord mm. and that of course yeah. not true. He's on NBC with Hicks. Uh, and then Mark, you mentioned that um, Barcelona, Barcelona, you said Barcelona, Barcelona was in Kansas. Barcelona. Well, believe it or not. And I don't know if you know this, but there's a place in Kansas called Barcelona, Shawnee, Kansas. Mm. So, yes. Did not know that. Uh, I won't lie. Not sure whether that's Barcelona or Barcelona, but um, anyway, that's uh, that's it for Department of Corrections. That's uh, not as meaty as weeks before. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode with local knowledge. I'm going to start with the old man before he falls asleep. Oh my gosh, what is that supposed to mean? Like, I yeah, okay, that's fair. Um. I appreciate you respecting your elders and coming to me first. I mean, guys, I think it goes without saying, but cherish your loved ones. I mean, give them a call, reach out, give them a shout. You know, we're getting near fall here, and fall just makes me think of warm hugs. So, you know, just think about your family. Give them a shout. Um, for me, uh, you know, the talk of school is is extremely nostalgic, but it also, as now an adult in the, the back-to-school world, I think of one word, traffic. Uh, mm. It's just not great when everybody goes back to school because for whatever reason, everybody and their dog has to get back on the Street. So uh, I say that um, not only to make sure you pay attention, uh, take a little extra time. Um, if you're in a hurry, don't be, you know, because all, you know, mm. everybody's got to get pictures of their kiddos and all that kind of stuff. But, but truly, 
Traffic is going to be nutso come tomorrow for a lot of people around at least the state of Texas. School goes back into session. A lot of schools. Uh, just be careful. Take a little extra time. Be patient. Um, and uh, best of luck to everybody going back to school. I do miss school in some regards, but then mm. there's pl- plenty of plenty of reasons why I'm uh, you know happy to be out of school but uh be careful a lot of kiddos walking around going to school new schools all that kind of stuff so just be careful uh take your time that's it for me local knowledge yeah i do not agree with you there i have no interest in writing papers or studying for tests so no i miss i miss the social aspects of school i miss uh yeah that kind of stuff of course course. yeah the rosy stuff the rosy stuff time heals all wounds otherwise yeah that's that's right you only remember the good stuff i only remember the good all stuff. right steven local knowledge this week um uh, you know saw saw a video this week and this is kind of what really charges me up and fires me up to work out the way that i do and hit the peloton often as i i i think to my future and, and what i hope it looks like and um <laughs> You know, this is a little shout out to a local local favorite, little celeb is uh, Mike Gundy, uh, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. The he, I'm a man. I'm 40. Well, that man is now 55 years old. Oh. He still has a beautiful head of hair. Um, he doesn't have the full Arkansas waterfall going, but I'm sure by the end of the season he'll have the Arkansas waterfall going. But this week he was on the news and, and video going around with the uh, one arm push ups. And uh, looking like a total badass, but he really he did tell the uh, reporter it is um, in large part due to getting in the right position. It's all about getting in the right position. It's less about strength and more about, uh, I guess, uh, getting yourself spread out and using gravity as your friend, probably. Uh, but regardless, still a badass at 55 doing a one-arm push-up. And, uh, yeah, here's uh, – I know, Mark, you're only, like, what, like four years away from that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But uh, – Like I, two. But, I yeah, whatever. Myself, <laughs> <laughs> I hope for myself at 55 to be doing one-arm push-ups looking like a badass with a beautiful head of hair. Mm-hmm. Stick, stick to Man. the lean meats and throw half of it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No uh, shots at you, Mark. Just kidding. Of course. It's fine. I understand. Yeah, Friendly so, banter. Friendly banter, old man. Yeah. No. We, we appreciate the sage sage wisdom. A um, few things for me. So, uh, one, you were talking about the golden age of customer service last pod. I, I have, Believe it or not, I had a chance to fly one of the original standard bearers, the case studies, uh, Southwest, Ooh. earlier this week. Um, not of my own choice, but uh, yeah, that got you know a little bit. There's just a little bit extra there. You could tell. I mean, the the snacks are pretty standard now across uh, across the airlines. Um, but it was, I think, it was just the the energy and mm-hmm. the positive attitude of the um, the flight attendants uh, that was that was nice. That was something that. You typically don't get so there was mm-hmm. you know there was a little little something extra there, um, but you know airlines I think airlines in general it's just not a place you want to go to if you're looking for <laughs> any sort of good customer service. Um, another thing you know just maybe uh, 
just be true to yourself. I, uh, last time, last time it was funny. Um, when we were talking about, uh, Pat Sajdak and, uh, and Steven was quite surprised. So I, I just, just a couple favorites of, of this pod. So believe it or not, Jason Alexander, who played George Costanza was born J Scott Greenspan hmm. and, um, Kevin James, uh, who played uh, Doug Heffernan on King of Queens, was born Kevin George Nipfing. Um, so come yes, it's, on, it's... get out! Some of our favorites <laughs> are. Oh man, oh, I'm honestly kind of surprised everything. that the community that uh, George Costanza grew up in that he was allowed to uh, he was allowed yeah. to change his name. But all right, wow. I, okay. I had no idea. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. So, to credit to me for keeping the difficult name, I've spent a lifetime spelling it and clarifying it, and whether yeah. I want to be called Mike yeah. or Michael, and pronounce, you know, pronouncing things, and it's um, it's it's a bit of a cross to bear, but hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. These, uh, I don't know. Hmm. I guess you know, worked for them. They got discovered, and uh, Pat wow. Sajak and Jason Alexander and Kevin James, American household staples icons lastly i'm uh, i'm headed out of town this week going on a vacation so um originally was going to be heading over to uh france and the french riviera for a close friend's uh, 40th but um wow we're uh, switching switching plans around a little bit but that's okay so we're going to be going to i'm first going to be visiting uh some um fiance's relatives in south dakota so we're going to be getting a chance to go see rushmore and the badlands i haven't haven't had a chance to do that yet so i'm i'm pretty stoked to do that hopefully the weather will be good maybe some um i don't know if the leaves are changing yet but i'll in my mind it'll be fall up there anyway and then uh getting a chance to roll over to steven's uh favorite state of colorado so Ooh. gonna be spending a little bit of time in denver breck and then uh, working my way out to the uh, to the west side of the state. So nice. looking forward for a, yeah, a chance to disconnect a little bit of a little bit of hiking, a little bit of good cuisine. Um, so we'll see when we do another pod. But I'm uh, I'm looking forward to you know reconnecting with nature and putting a few inches on the waistline. So that's gonna do it. Uh, another one in the books. Thanks everyone for joining weekend at Berkman's. Hope you have a great week. Uh, We'll see you next week. Take care.